Welcome to the Calibre podcast. In this episode, our CEO, Brian Duffy, speaks to global head of watch buying, Mark Tolson, on all things watch collaborations. They discuss how the watch industry have collaborated since the very start. From brands sharing technology to alliances with A-list stars and even cartoon characters. In what is known as a purist industry, brands have taken influence from many different spheres to develop and create new watches, partner with retailers, adding an important dynamic to their stories to further engage with their clients. So hello everybody, uh, welcome uh, to the What's of Switzerland uh, podcast, the latest podcast. Uh, my name is Brian Duffy, I'm the CEO of the group and delighted to be joined by uh, our true expert in the world of watches, is uh, Mark Tolson, our Head of uh, Buying and Merchandising. Nice to see you again, Mark. You too, Brian, thank yeah. you. Nice that we're together physically, actually, sitting here in our office in uh, Oxford Street. Yeah, for a change. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to get out. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's been a, a long time since we had people mm-hmm. together like this, and hopefully it's, uh, it's going to be the way forward as, uh, as these months go on. So we've got a great subject to talk about today. is about collaboration in the world of watches and its various uh, dimensions. But I think it'd be interesting maybe just to take a, a wee look back in history about how truly collaborative this, uh, this industry has been. And, uh, you know, we've done podcasts on, on the history of watches and talked about the origins in Geneva, but reasonably early on in, uh, in the development of this market, manufacturing moved out to the, the Jura Mountains, mm-hmm. the Hugo families, and it's at its whole essence, it was very, very collaborative. It abso- absolutely was. I mean, uh, the old, um, lots, of, lots of different... Um, well, literally houses, I think, in, in some cases, making various parts that were then grouped together by by, by individuals and, and made into a watch. So you, you've got people making dials, people making bits for, for movements, people making cases, etc. And that all came together. So so it was a it was a collaborative and, and maybe well, unfocused, maybe isn't the right word, but it was a it was in many ways a cottage industry, wasn't it? Um, yeah, no, no, certainly. Um and uh, you know one of the, the stories I love sort of visualising is uh, the Valley de Joux, uh, where you got Audemars and Giger mm-hmm. and uh, Briggy and, uh, and others. But it, it was one of the real centres way back in the, the day of um, of uh, early days of watchmaking. And apparently during the winter it was always blocked off during the winter. Mm-hmm. All these dairy farmers, uh, that's how they spent their yes. winter months effectively making parts. Mm-hmm. And as the snow melted and the uh, and spring came along, they literally put them in a backpack and made their way down to Geneva to yeah. sell them to watchmakers. And yeah. Amazing to, to think back to those origins and then you see the factories today, these super advanced uh, major factories, but still in places like uh, like Valley de Joux and uh, Neuchâtel, still up there in the Jura Mountains. I mean, that's yeah, that's very true. You know, sort of, I mean, whether it's still there now because it's been been a while since I've been there, but you know you had sort of Jaeger and uh, AP and Blancpain all on the same street yeah. know, in Valley de Joux. So it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's really it's really authentic, isn't it? And I think that's obviously something we're going to talk about the authenticity. Yeah, of, uh, no, absolutely. And uh, my first ever visit to a manufacturer was uh, was when you were holding my hand in those early days in Jaeger Lecoultre. Yeah, yeah, I went to see yeah. Jaeger. Yes, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. it was amazing. And, and yeah. they they've got a great museum. Yeah. And uh, obviously, get a lot of uh, accomplishments in their history. Yeah. And uh-huh. I think ultimately, uh, what all that evolved towards, and we got the quartz crisis and everything mm-hmm. we talked about. Uh, but you effectively have the biggest movement uh, manufacturer independently still the, the ETA Group, which is a Palace yes. watch. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and uh, I mean, they make 
um, obviously a huge amount of movements and parts for their own in-house brands, uh, but also for the rest of the industry as yeah. well. You know, you'll find um, ETA movements in, in lots of uh, in lots of different watches and parts, particularly the, the sort of really technical stuff like the springs, etc. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of debate uh, goes on in the watch world about in-house versus ETA. Um, but um, and there is no answer uh, to it. It certainly has more of a cachet when you talk about the in-house movement. But on the other hand, you know, ETA have been making these products for a long, long time mm-hmm. and making a lot of them. And watchmakers know them all very well, and clearly they function very, very well. So, I mean, they they absolutely do. And um, as you say, it's a, it's one of those back and forth debates about in-house versus. Uh, versus um, uh, you know a sort of a, a bought-in movement, um, and I'm a I'm, I'm ambivalent really. I mean, think I think I think in-house movements are great. It gives a, it gives a manufacturer something to talk about in terms of being vertically integrated um, and and in control of the whole process. But as you say, uh, the Swatch Group movements are, are great. The Atta movements are, are, are bomb-proof, really, yep. um, and uh, easily serviceable. And and that whole thing about you know, automatic watches, particularly um, having a sustainability about them. You can get parts. You can you can you yep. can mend them. And the whole thing keeps going. So, I, I like the uh, the universality of the Etta movement. Yeah, really. um, I think it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, and inevitably more cost effective. Yes, when it gets yeah, down yeah, to sure, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so therefore, there is a lot of interdependence mm-hmm. rather than collaboration necessarily when it comes to either movements or technical yes. parts like a, mm-hmm. uh, like springs and so on, sapphire crystals, you yep. know, we're, again, a specialist uh, uh-huh. area overall. So there is this inclination in the part of the Swiss, if you like, to, if it's uh, if it's in everybody's interest, Don't. even if we're competitors, let's get together and, and make something uh, more efficient, which I think when you look at the history of the industry, that's happened continually when, when there's been challenges or opportunities for, uh, for development. I'm sure, yeah. And uh, then we will be talking about a lot of kind of marketing mm-hmm. associations, and uh, as we go through, many of which again just evolved out of circumstances. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the obvious one, ones that come to mind are uh, Omega, uh, really famous with chronographs and strongly associated with measurement of speed in sport. Indeed, yeah. yeah. I mean, they've timed the Olympics forever, haven't they? Yeah. At least it seems that way. So, I mean, that's a great association to be with a, a great collaboration. Um, yeah. And, I mean, the exposure they get every four years. Well, actually, they do the Winter Olympics as well. So, I mean, yeah. it, it's that's just a tremendous relationship, really. Yeah, and I think they've done 30 odd Olympics since mm-hmm. they started in 1932. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love when you look at the old uh, Omega books, uh, seeing these old chronographs, the, the, yep. the handheld in yeah. the pocket. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, you know, really bright white face and yes. such a red. I must someday yes. manage to uh, secure one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. they're uh, be quite gorgeous something. pieces. And mm-hmm. obviously, chronograph. We'll talk a bit more about it as we go on with uh, racing mm-hmm. and so on, but really important part of a uh, important part of development. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, I think a lot of um, uh, original associations that people might have thought were commercial, actually, a lot of them just happened again out of a circumstance. And I think, for example, Sir Malcolm Campbell as he was breaking the land speed record. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and his association with Rolex. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's back into the nineteen thirties, twenty thirties. And yeah, I mean, he was a Rolex fan, wasn't he? I mean, he 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 liked a Rolex. It wasn't that the the watch was kind of 
pushed on him. No, he was he was an absolute uh, absolute fan of the brand. So yeah. so yeah, that's that's choice really. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think if the, uh, if I like recall the story correctly, um, they just found out that I think in nine of the occasions mm-hmm. that he that he broke the. Uh, uh, the speed record. He happened to be wearing a Rolex, and he happened to comment that despite the vibrations yeah. and challenges, his watch was working perfectly. And yeah. I think Rolex contacted him and said, "You know, could we, uh, could we help out in this? Could we, um, yeah, somehow or other get commercially involved?" And he said, "No, there's really no need. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's fine as it is." Yeah. Don't really make celebrities like that anymore, do they? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. No. Yeah. And I mean, some other great associations. Um, you know, the, the the story of Sylvester Stallone discovering Panerai after a movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, the the film Daylight was it ninety six? It was filmed in um, Italy, um, and I mean, the legend has it he he discovered the brand in a, in an Italian jeweler's window and yeah. liked them so much he he, he wore them. I mean, there is some. Um, there is some varieties to that tale, but I'll stick with the the, the original yeah. and most and most well known one. But um, he liked them so much, he 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 bought one, wore one in the film, um, and that's when you, you. I mean, some of the later Panerai models had got the word daylight on the dial, and that's what that that whole thing oh, is right. about, referencing the fact that it was was in the film daylight. Yeah. Um, and um, and his association goes back um, well over over many years with Panerai and. Um, they developed a line called Slytex, Sly being sliced alone. Yeah. Um, again, it was his name on the dial, and I think their signature on the back on the case. So, he's he's a fan of the brand, and and that again, assuming the legend is true, that somebody finding a watch that they really liked. Obviously, yeah. he was a big guy, and they were big watchers, so it kind yeah. of worked together well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I sort of heard that he, he bought it for the crew. He bought it for himself, yeah. but mm-hmm. bought it from key members of the crew that. Had, yeah been on the movie together and uh-huh. I, mean, I think it's also fair to say that Panerai is one of the real favoured watches of the, uh, the superstars of Hollywood uh, as well. I mean it really is and, and going back to the, the earlier point you made about um, about watch, watch, the watch industry being collaborative, I mean the, the earlier the early Panerai's had Rolex movements in yeah. it. So again, you've got that kind of collaboration yeah. um, between between two great brands today. Yeah, and, and, and we'll talk about others, uh, others since. And maybe again, I'm saying which is the most famous of all, Paul Newman's love of uh, yeah, the Daytona. Daytona. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the Paul Newman Daytona is a grail watch, isn't it? It's one of those yeah. sort of mythical things that, that exchange hands for, for crazy amounts of money. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, amazing. Yeah, and, and of course the legend again is that, that the one that he was wearing regularly, the first one that I think Joanna would have bought mm. for him. I think that's the one that I had written or engraved on the back of it, uh, mm. Drive Carefully. Yeah, sound advice. Yeah, yeah, uh, that he obviously took, but uh, 200 bucks and he gives it away uh, yeah. uh, to the boyfriend of his mm-hmm. daughter or whatever who did some work in the garden. Yes. <laughs> and uh, that same watch finishes up getting sold for 17 million just a couple of years ago. It's scary, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. But association of Paul, Paul mm-hmm. Newman, we'll talk about Steve McQueen's association with yep. Monaco, which was one that was mm-hmm. engineered and uh, organised. But, yes. uh, but I mean, again, our, our common theme we're going to talk about is that when associations have to be real and relevant, mm-hmm. and obviously if they're voluntary and circumstantial by definition, they're real and relevant. But yeah. even the ones that are paid for, for example, uh, Mercedes Glades, um, yes. back in the late 20s, would it have been? 26. 26 was mm-hmm. the Oyster, 
Yeah. Um, I presume it was mm-hmm. a year or two after, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. actually, 20 years. Maybe yeah. always 26. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, I mean, the whole idea of, uh, of that... Um, Hans Wilsdorf attempting to prove that his his watch was like an oyster. It was yep. waterproof. It was dustproof. Uh, so she swam across the channel with it on on a on a, on a, a chain round her neck. Yeah. Um, and it was working perfectly fine after all that all that yep. you know banging around in the water and the submerging and 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 uh, yeah I guess the pressure and everything. So yep. that was yeah that was an early test for a watch, wasn't it? Yeah. Really? And he finished up having it in the front page of the Daily Mail and yep. Express and whatever. Mm-hmm. And Hans Wilsdorf, of course, the founder of Rolex, had a real vision when it came technically to wristwatches and mm-hmm. quality and accuracy and everything that had to be. But he also was a visionary when it came to uh, to marketing and yeah, you know yeah. commercial uh, commercial yeah. messaging. Yeah, I mean, I read that the um, he even had fish tanks in jewelers' windows yeah. um, in London with with the watch in or with a with a, you know with a watch in it just to to prove the water resistance point and yeah. that kind of whole thing. Uh, I mean, from there you, you develop into the divers watches really but that's a that's a whole other podcast i think yeah yeah but again a very real one again right so diving really became Mm -hmm. you know very popular for exploration Mm -hmm. uh jacques cousteau and yeah he's blown par 55 of them and so on and and then just became a really great pastime for a lot of people Mm -hmm. so you know divers watches were invented for a real reason yeah Yeah, Um, definitely yeah uh, and there, there are some, um, oh, just actually, while we mentioned the Mercedes Clint, so I was uh, just saying there's apparently going to be a movie about her life and her whole record breaking uh, swimming exploits in the day. That's right, Vind- Vindication Swim, um, yeah. apparently. So yeah. we should all look out for that because it will be interesting. Yeah, yeah. we'll be looking for the watch. We Everybody be- else will be watching the movie and we'll be We're looking for Hans Wilsdorf somewhere in the background. Yeah. <laughs> just put this on. Cheering put this away, on. yeah. It's with, uh, with his- Daily Mail in his arm. <laughs> but, um, uh, but, you know, the, things have evolved, obviously, and, and, you know, commercially, associations uh, are today very, very relevant as a, a tool in marketing but overall. And some of the watch brands that we are delighted to, to represent, I mean, it was fundamentally a part of our DNA now, um, mm-hmm. collaborations, either commercial or in some cases uh, technical. And just mentioning a few, and Hublot are strongly associated with uh, the sports. I, I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, you get the whole Hublot loves football thing. Yeah. You know, they did. Uh, you know, I think Pele was one of the brand ambassadors. I think they did a limited edition watch. But yeah, their association with football is uh, is, is well, is huge. Um, boxing as well, um, and. Um, obviously, Usain Bolt was, a, was an yes, ambassador as well. So yep. you know, I mean, the whole thing about sport and timing—I mean, it's it's naturally a watch thing, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. And I like even cricket and time standstill in cricket. Um, but I think they do a sponsorship of a cricket as well. So generally, yep. an association with sport mm-hmm. very, very relevant to the uh, DNA of a uh, DNA of a uh, Yes. Um, and obviously in the same group, then you've got Tag Heuer, and uh, uh, they, they've clearly been associated with chronographs histor- historically, both airplane and uh, yeah. uh, and for uh, car racing. Yeah, I mean, back into the 1950s with um, with, with Jack Heuer and the uh, Carrera Pan America race in, in, yep. um, in, I think in Mexico, yep. uh, that developed the Carrera line as, as, as a chronograph. Um, and, you know, now they, they have the association with with Porsche, which you know their watch is called Carrera, and Porsche have obviously got a car called Carrera, so that yeah. was like a like a like a dream a dream marriage there. But 
I mean, they, they uh, sponsor Red Bull, um, Red Bull, uh, the Red Bull Formula One team, yep. um, and there's an F1 watch coming out, I think, um, in the next couple of months as well, which always sell really well, but they've yep. got the, the Red Bull livery on the dial. Um, yep. So, yeah, their association with, uh, with, with motorsport, yep. Formula One particularly, is, uh, is very yep. deep. And whenever they do an Ayrton Senna watch, yes. it's also always hugely popular. Yeah, and money goes to the Ayrton Senna Foundation as well, yep. which, uh, which 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 is great. So yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, and I'll just mention to our listeners one of my favourite podcasts of all time was you and Jack Howe talking about the. Um, and he's a lovely man to listen to, but he he was there, I think, organising the watches. He, he was part of organising the watches that finished up mm-hmm. the Monaco making its way into. The Malms movie. Yeah, I mean that's correct. I think yeah. Um, he, uh, I think they had to. Um, there was always a last minute panic, and I think they had to smuggle the watches over the border yeah. to get them to the uh, to get them into the into the Le Mans uh, yeah. Le Mans circuit. But again, it's great, great romance and, and great stories and yeah. great watch as well, which still sells incredibly yeah. well. Yeah, oh, we all love the Monica. Yeah. And uh, and love listening. We love listening to you too, of course, Mark. But I think uh, he still talks about it now. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I thought it, that was a really a great podcast uh, overall. Uh, and then obviously one of the great associations again with watch brands is uh, Omega and Commander Bond. Yeah, uh, I mean that's that's been ongoing since um, since Goldeneye in, uh, in in the 90s with the first Pierce Brosnan film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, prior to that, obviously, uh, Bond has worn all sorts of things. He's worn Breitling, he's worn, um, he's worn, he's worn Rolex, obviously, Submariners, um, but it's Amiga that's the association now. And, and I mean, yeah. I think the, the current watch, um, the, 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 the current watch in, in titanium is, was it was sort of co-designed by Daniel Craig, so you yep. can, you've got that authenticity there, and that's a tremendous watch. It really is an incredible seller. Yeah, I know it's great, and the most expensive and successful mm. Bond watch that uh, yeah. uh, that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. And another brand with huge celebrity relevance, collaboration, and so on, uh, Audemars Piguet. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, where, where do you start? I mean, the the, the, um, the I mean, the association with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and the Terminator films, Terminator Three, they they, yep. they produced a watch, the T three watch, um, and that was a fifty seven mil case. He's obviously a big guy. The watch was huge, but yep. I mean that that came out as an incredibly uh, incredibly popular watch. Um, that would have been in the in the nineties, um, and then I mean on that kind of whole sci fi thing. I mean the current incarnation was um, was the Black Panther watch, yep. um, the, the Marvel the Marvel watch. Which I think was a tourbillon in, in ceramic, um, and that was a that was a crazy looking watch with kind of the Black Panther on the dial and, yeah. and the tourbillon movement there. But you, you've been to the you've been to the manufacturer and seen some of the uh, yeah. And, and I tell you that it's it's lovely to a it's in Valley de Jou that we were yeah. talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Well, and in the original manufacturer, they're still there. So you uh-huh. have this very traditional Swiss, you know, uh, historic construction. But then next to that, they built this fabulous uh, museum, mm-hmm. uh, all glass, uh, all round. You don't quite figure out how it's managing to, to stay there because there doesn't seem to be anything supporting it. It's so, like a spiral, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, a spiral. Yeah, and you make you make your way down. Yeah. As you're doing that, you're going through the the whole uh, history of watchmaking at Audemars yeah. and seeing all the, the great pieces. But before you do that, you go into another area where they've really put together, there's really cool presentations of the Marvel watch. Yes. 
and uh, you go up and stand next to him and the next minute all the colours change and really? luminosity comes in and sound and all that. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, very Hollywood and same again, you have uh, Terminator and yes. I, I'm guessing it's it's from the movie. Would be the teaser. Actually, yeah. I think it will have been. Yep. And you have Francois talking to Terminator and uh, Francois Benemayas. <laughs> it's all very, very cool and then you, you have a DJ thing that you can spin and obviously Jay-Z is a big... Yes, of course, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Celebrity associated uh-huh. with, uh, with Audemars. But again, I think it's all very real, the mm. Audemars Association, LeBron, uh, yeah. James, a lot yeah. of basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaquille O'Neal as well, he, he wore them. A, there's a limited edition there from yeah. AP, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And very often with the charity associations and all that too. So again, another case where, you know, it's celebrities, it's commercial, but seems very relevant mm-hmm. and very real and, uh, you know, has a, has a great impact overall. Uh, and Formula One, we mentioned a bit with uh, uh, with Tiger, but it, I mean it clearly is for a lot of brands. Uh, and obvious association, Rolex are just everywhere at Formula yeah, One. Yeah, yeah, doing the timing, and then yep. um, I mean uh, the introduction last year was um, was Gerard Perigo with Aston Martin. Um, so that was yep. great. So it's a you know, great looking watch as well, actually. So yes. Some of the watches that they, they, they did in the Laureato. Yeah. Um, and Lewis Hamilton and IWC, he's been, they've been a long time collaborator and you get a Lewis Hamilton uh, watch. Yep. Um, and the AMG Mercedes, IWCs as well. So yep. again, that whole motorsport thing is, is a big deal. Yeah. And on the subject, I think it's uh, relatively new, but, but you know, very, very important environment and circular economy mm. and so on and yeah Panerai are pretty advanced in a lot of that and they do a lot of collaborations with Mike Horn. Yes and yes they do um, yeah he's the environmentalist and uh, an explorer so um, there's lots of recycled material that they're using in, in the Mike Horn editions you know recycled titanium yeah. recycled loom um, and that's sort of developed into into some of the other watches that they're doing the more regular range, like the E-Steel, which yep. got, I think 68% of the, the steel is recycled in, in the case. Yep. Um, and and yeah, just flipping back slightly to the uh, to, to the racing thing, um, motorsport, you have Zenith with the Extreme E-Series, so that's that's ecological racing with electric yep. off-road cars in various places around the world. So um, again, that's sort of promoting a kind of... Um, well, the enjoyment of racing, but in a kind of an environmentally friendly way. So it yeah. kind of ties in uh, sport and environment together yeah. quite neatly. Yeah, and just harking back, I'm not sure we did mention, you know, a famous collaboration, of course, was Zenith and, and Rolex back with El Primero and the Daytona. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then, uh, you know, something less obvious maybe uh, to others is, you know, association with, with cartoon uh, characters. Uh, and so on, and uh, and, yeah. and again on the theme of collaboration, uh, clearly it was a lot of uh, wonderful freelance designers back in the day, and the most influential and famous of, of which was of course Gerald Genta, uh, who produced the Royal Oak or designed mm-hmm. the Royal Oak and and, uh, and Nautilus and others. But he also had the license for Disney characters, which he, he did in, in the. I mean, he was a. I think he was an artist by inclination, yeah. and a watch designer as a kind of you know sideline, which. Yep. It's interesting, um, but yeah, I think in the 1980s that he produced sort of Mickey Mouse watches in yep. in sort of some sort of hexagonal cases, and then um, and then in the in sort of early 2000s um, there were the uh, Arena by Retro watches. So you had a, a jumping hour uh, and a retrograde hand, oh, right. which was Mickey Mouse's hand oh, po- yeah. pointing at the minutes, um, yep. which which was which was a lot of fun. Uh, yep. 
and, and at the time I didn't quite I didn't quite see the validity of it but I, I kind of get it now 20 odd years later whatever yeah. it was um, and, and they were they were recently reintroduced but yeah that's uh, I mean it's fun it's a fun collaboration and I guess the other one that you is Snoopy I suppose yeah and, 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 uh, Omega. yeah yeah and again there's obviously the uh, very relevant in real association with NASA selecting mm-hmm. Omega as a as a watch of choice mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, which Apollo was it? The one where they had to break back into the thirteen. Was it thirteen? Yeah, I think it was thirteen. They had fourteen seconds to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To go yeah. back into the uh, yeah, Earth's yeah. atmosphere. What would you do Fourteen seconds. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And actually, when you go to their new museum, they've got a little contraption set up to give you that fourteen seconds during which to see how, how quick they're going to be. <laughs> but, uh, it made a great movie it, it, uh, it at the was. end of the day, and uh, a very desirable watch. Uh, it, it, yeah, undoubtedly, it undoubtedly was and is. You know, we. Um, I mean, the, the current version is in such uh, scarce supply. Yeah, it's yeah, it's amazing. And, it, and the other on the sort of whole cartoon thing, uh, which is uh, which is very sort of relevant now. Uh, the um, is a, is a sort of Zenith manga cartoon, Lupin the yeah. Third, that, that's actually just coming out. So there's. 2019, um, there was a black dial version of a watch that the manga character in in, in the loop in the third cartoon uh, wore, and then there was a white dial version in 2020, um, and then well they've, they've just released the third and final watch, which is a 250 piece limited edition, and it's um, it's got an amazing dial because it combines black and white on one dial together, um, right. and it's um, it's diagonally it's diagonally placed, so from like one o'clock to seven o'clock, with with the black half of the dial yep. at the top and, and and the white half of the dial at the bottom, and it's a remarkable thing. I mean, you know, but it's just cartoons and watches. You know, yeah, who'd have thought? No, no, who'd have thought? We should mention the, the Snoopy thing. The relevance of Snoopy and NASA is that Snoopy is the lucky mascot of, of yes. NASA, and all the astronauts touch Snoopy. Yes, you know, before they go off on a, uh-huh. an expedition, and then for associations, partners or whatever that have been special to NASA, they get the Snoopy Award and, mm-hmm. and then Omega got the Snoopy yep. Award for, mm-hmm. the, uh, for the Speedmaster. Um, but, uh, but really cool. Uh, and I know one of the most high profile recent collaborations, celebrated a collaboration that goes back hundreds of years, uh, was Tiffany with, uh, with Patek Philippe. Uh, yeah, that was insane, wasn't it? Um, so, I mean, 2021 kind of marks the end of the uh, the Steel Nautilus. Yeah. Um, uh, it, with it, with its blue dial, they did a, a celebratory kind of green dial last run out, uh, and then surprised everybody in December with a with a Tiffany blue, Tiffany aquamarine, whatever that whatever yeah. we call their color. Um, a series of 170 watches to to mark the association with with Tiffany over that over that length of time, um, and I think it was about a, it was a fifty three thousand dollar watch. Yeah. Only available through Tiffany boutiques in the U.S., but then of course there was the auction one, uh, the, yeah. the, the the one that was uh, for a nature conservancy conservancy charity, and it went for like six and a half million dollars. Yeah, it's the ninth most expensive watch, I think. Was it that was sold at auction? Oh, all right, yes, yeah. so we'll be yeah. up there. somewhere yeah. up there. Which uh, it just blows your mind, really, doesn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, no, it it, uh, it definitely does. And I, I had and. You may have had, you know, people calling and saying, "Whatever it costs, can you get me one?" You know, it, it created such such yeah. hype, and um, and obviously Tiffany now part of LVMH, and yes, and, uh, mm-hmm. but the, the association with um, with Patek goes back, 
you know, to uh, yeah. over a hundred years, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, sure, yeah. and, and I know that Henri Stern, uh, the Stern family, bought the Patek Philippe brand in 1932 or whatever. Uh-huh. And I think he then went and pretty much moved and spent his life in the States. And the association with Tiffany, I think, was expanded then. Mm-hmm. And having Tiffany on a dial is a yeah. really special thing. Having said all of which, we'd never have expected. <laughs> Six and a half million. No, no, we, no, we certainly didn't. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, we're obviously the biggest in the in the UK. Watch of Switzerland growing in the US, and we're, we're uh, one of the biggest uh, uh, watch retailers in the world. And it it gives us an insight to the market mm-hmm. that um, uh, I think is pretty unique. And so we we track all these attributes, so case yeah. size and dial color and. Mm-hmm. And um, you know price point. I think is it fourteen attributes? So I'll be doing more now. Oh, it's, it's it's more about 30, 32 or something. Oh, okay, yeah, everything from, close. Yeah, buckle, buckle yeah. style to yeah. you know type of numerals on yeah. the dial and, and hand type. Uh, yeah, all, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, I wish. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it allows us to track trends and see what's going on, and allows us to to spot some opportunities or things that the brands might not be taking advantage of, and therefore we're able. To do some uh, exclusive products that uh, that we we think have got a real opportunity in the market. So let's talk about a, a few of the a few of them. You know, with um, and I am inevitably the first consumer whenever we do them, and you're the one that does most of the um, sort of design or, or determination of them. Um, but the IWC uh, chronographs that we did is a I get huge compliments on that watch. Ah well, um, yeah. I mean, we, we, it was uh, twenty nineteen. I think it was. We did we did um, a, a split second uh, chronograph with IWC yep. Pilot, um, and it was it was a black dial with silver sub dials for the for the chronograph and and a bit of red detailing just to yep. give the, the 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 chrono hands make them pop a little bit. And we, um, uh, I mean, it was nine thousand nine hundred pounds. So we think we did about. It was fifty of them, yeah. and, and they were a sellout. And it was, a, it was a well, it was a great looking watch. It still is a great looking watch. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was, again, really from our from our data, uh, telling us that you know black dials work, which you know might might sound obvious, yeah. uh, and it, and it is. But uh, you know, but we we brought something to that watch with the, with the silver sub dials. And, and and the bit of red detailing um, and it, and it worked a charm. But you, you're right to sort of mention the attributes because uh, it does give us a lot of insight. Yeah. Um, I mean the current green theme. Yeah. Um, you know we can see that as a developing trend in in the numbers that we see. I mean I think over the last couple of years or several years back, green dials were only two or three percent. But that's of, of our watch sales. Yeah. But that's obviously increasing. Yeah. So we've done. Work with Grand Seiko with with the uh, with with the Toge watch with the British racing green yeah, dial, yep. exactly that um, and the current the current Breitling Endurance Pro that we have I mean that's part of a colourful range of, of Breitling watches anyway the orange the red the blue etc the colour that was was missing um, was green and we've we've worked with with Breitling uh, to do a, a 650 piece limited edition of that which yep. just came in before Christmas and it's amazing I mean it's a, it's a cool green green is very good yep. at the moment. Yeah, and, and to your point on attributes now, you've got such variety now on, on dial colour yes. and dial treatments. And mm-hmm. Grand Seiko, a great example yep. of those that do you know, uh, really get finishing on, on mm-hmm. dials. And now you have strap colours yes. uh, as well. So the kind of variations of, of taste mm-hmm. uh, are, are now much greater. And I think therefore the, 
the benefit of tracking them uh, over periods and seeing opportunities like we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know? absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, uh, you know, one of the uh, the greatest collaborator of all, and one that you know really bases his whole business on, on the whole concept of. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, of collaboration is Max Busser with Max Busser and Friends yeah which by its nature is all about collaboration yeah. it became a MB&F and um, his whole you know uh, line and position everything about the brand is fundamentally collaboration right yeah, I mean yeah as you say the clues in the, the clues in the name really yeah. isn't it um, I mean sort of uh, he'd had a successful career at Jaeger LeCoult um, and then uh, Harry Winston, and then went off on his own. I think in, in 2005, founded the company. Yep. Um, 2007, they they introduced their, their first watch, the uh, HM1, and and that was collaboration with with and Speak Marine. Sp- yeah, yeah, Speak Marine and Eric Giroud, um, um, famous 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 in the world of watches for for their movements. And um, so that collaboration, and and the whole idea really was to. Uh, to, to bring people together to create time machines, I guess, yeah. uh, and 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 it's it's beyond it's beyond simple. I say simple, it's beyond watches really now because he has collaborations with uh, with Lepe, the clock manufacturer, yeah. as well. Uh, do do some amazing uh, do some amazing things, and uh, uh, he won a couple of prizes at the recent GPHG, which you you were at, I think. And I, and I was very proud to present him with one mm-hmm. actually, which you know, was a whole great. I was on the jury of the GPHG, mm-hmm. and uh, Max actually won two awards. Yeah. And he was off chatting about his first one when I was announcing his second, and we had, <laughs> we had to go find him. And it's a very formal, high-profile event. That's so, yeah. all. Uh, done it, but uh, delighted and not surprised. And, and he's, he's a lovely guy, uh, Max, and has a real does it out of passion. Yes. Creating this really successful mm-hmm. brand that he has. Um, uh, but does it in a, a nice way. Great, great guy to partner with, and I think the ultimate collaboration uh, that we're talking about was a. Uh, uh, I loved what we did with the T Rex clock. Yeah, so the the um, the, the, the Lepe MBNF T Rex clock. Yeah. He got kind of mixed up with uh, William Messina, didn't yep. he? And we had the uh, another great guy. Yeah, yep. yeah, the Messina edition of that, which was which was quite something. We sold, I think, one or two in the US. I think. Yeah. yeah it was incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, his, his collaborations with with artisans um, like Eddie Jacquet, the uh, the the, uh, the artist with yeah. the, the engraved Jules Verne yes. around the world in eighty days yeah. dial. I think that was the one that won the artist artistic prize at the GPHG. Yeah, um, it was uh, incredible. It's just the way he brings pe- different people together to make these amazing creations. Really. Yeah, and perhaps on a somewhat grander scale, and we also saw. Uh, some months ago, his collaboration with Bulgari. Yes, yeah, that was a surprise. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the it's uh, so he, he produced the the uh, the flying T uh, called it the the Allegra version. Yeah. And it was uh, beset with all sorts of coloured uh, coloured stones, stones you know, yeah. pink, green, yellow, blue. I mean, they, they looked amazing with the lovely domed domed crystal o- over the top. I mean, yeah. Really, really striking. And I think I guess maybe the interesting thing there is it was. You would argue it's a watch for ladies, which you know is, is a bit unusual for MBNF because yep. they're normally quite big and a, a little bit masculine. You know, yep. names like Bulldog, etc. Um, yep. But that was, it was a beautiful thing, and yeah, it's collaborating gorgeous. with Bulgari was was quite something. Yeah. So I think collaborations are here to stay. Would you say? I'd say so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
But I think I think really interestingly though, I mean fundamentally, and I think it's you know a great thing with this generation the way things are going. People are really looking for authenticity. They, they don't want the hired help. Yes. They're really looking for relevance and uh-huh. authenticity. People following influencers and, mm-hmm. and others uh, uh, overall. So, and I think the brand understand that too, and the importance of other subjects now like environment and so on. So there's, there's a change away from simply hiring the celebrity, yeah. which I don't think it was a hell of a lot of in any yeah. event the world of watches. But it just creates more interest, creates more variation, exclusivity. We're delighted to be a part of it. Yeah, it's absolutely. a it's a key part of uh, the watch world. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's a, it's a I would say it's not a new dynamic because some of the examples we've given go back, you know, to the to the twenties. But yeah. I mean, it's it's um, it's certainly more prevalent now, really. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's it's quite something. Yeah, it will tend to write the wonderful world of watches that we're thrilled to be a part of. Yeah, privileged. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, as ever, Mark, it's really nice to chat to you about uh, the world of watches. And thank you for joining me and thank you for uh, everybody tuning in to listen. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Calibre podcast. We do hope you enjoyed it. Please do subscribe and listen to other episodes on Apple Podcast and Spotify.